And for more, we're joined on the line now by our market analyst, Narina Fisser, strategist at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina, and morning to all the listeners on a lovely green day. <laughs> Isn't it just? Now, Narina, the market rallied very strongly for a second day in keeping with that green theme. Um, and that was the second day in a row yesterday. Uh, what is behind this latest move? So certainly 2016 got off to a very, very poor start, and I think a lot of the blame, well, not blame even, but a a source of a lot of that weakness came specifically from the financial sector and the banking sector in Europe in particular. I think we saw a lot of concern around um, the the health and the stability of the banking sector. Um, We spoke yesterday about the additional monetary stimulus that are coming from central banks, um, several of them cutting their, their interest rates or setting their interest rates to negative levels. And this additional stimulus is one of the reasons why we're seeing this rally in markets. It certainly sort of um, provided more positive sentiment cutting through it. But I think really this latest rally that we are seeing is very much focused on a a better assessment of the health of the banking system around the world. Um, One of the things that we're specifically seeing is that people are realizing that this is not 2008 all over again. In particular, I think the capital um, status of banks. Banks are now much better capitalized than they were in 2008. So one of the major concerns in 2008 was that you would actually see banks go under, that they would fold. We did certainly see several of that also happening. And as a result of that, a lot of the reform that was put in place, increases in capital adequacy requirements, have certainly helped a lot. And we see a boost in terms of the performance of the banks. The balance sheets are much stronger. And I think that is why we are seeing this rally. So that's also what pulled through into our markets. Our financial sector, very similarly, since late last year, was under a lot of pressure, and we're seeing some good recovery coming through, not just in the banking sector, but in financials all all over. Um, I think the other thing also is that, um, obviously, because of the the weakness in commodity prices, there's been a lot of concern about the exposure that banks would have to the debt of your large commodity producers. Um, And in Europe and in the UK, that particularly relates to, to exposure to oil producers, and again, this is found to be less severe than maybe previously thought. However, Narina, yesterday, um, late in the afternoon, there was this news that came through that Anglo-American has been cut to so-called junk status by a ratings agency Moody's. Um, and yet, if you look at Anglo-American, uh, it has had one of the best performing shares um, year-to-date uh, showings. So why the downgrade? Yeah, so Moody's in December already warned that they have got um, um, Anglo on a, on a ratings watch and that they would be looking at it. In the case of a, of a company or corporate debt, this is obviously very much about the strength of the balance sheet. And the impact that we've seen the, the severe slump in commodity prices have on the balance sheets of your major commodity producers is really what has put a lot of them on ratings watch. And Anglo, one of the, one of the major ones to be downgraded, we've seen down downgrades also for many of the other commodity producers, but not many of them at at so-called junk status just yet. You're right, you know, Anglo's, um, I think the share price is up almost 50% since just the beginning of this year. Of course, it is coming off off a low base. But unfortunately, what you find here is that what the the commodity producing companies are doing is, is, is almost too superficial to really fundamentally change the, the, um, the status of their balance sheets. So many of them are going through almost fire sales, um, selling assets, they are cutting production, they are suspending dividends, 
all in an effort to really sort of shore up their balance sheet. Anglos will be releasing their results, uh, financial results for, for 2015 later today, and I think we can expect to see a lot more of that. But it's almost as though the, the, the commodity prices and with that the value of the balance sheet has fallen faster than these um, almost reactive measures that the commodity producers can put in place in terms of their balance sheets. And then, Narina, so it all comes back to commodity prices once again. But <laughs> this is all just due to the slowdown in China, is it? No. You know what, Sakina, I think it's so easy to blame this all on the Chinese, but it actually goes much beyond that. You know, um, China certainly was the main driving force be- behind the increase in the commodity prices over the last decade. You know, as that fixed asset investment um, grew at an average pace of about 25%, um, this led, this is now in China, this led to um, lots of spending and an increase in production by commodity producing companies. Probably way beyond what was really required in terms of it. And that, I think, is one of the main reasons why we're sitting in this commodity um, downturn at the moment is because of this excess production. So, you know, since um, the interesting thing is that when you look at at the cycle, commodity prices already started turning down in 2011. And China really only started slowing down in, in 2014, 2015. So, yes, China's slowdown is exacerbating it, but certainly it's the oversupply side of the commodity equation that I think is causing a lot of the pain at the moment. And, and now we find ourselves in this dilemma that it's, it's you know, most commodity producers are not keen on, on sort of fundamentally and structurally taking production off the table, not with prices as low as they are. You know, this is typically the time where you would find the commodity producers putting in new production now because of the expected upswing. But as long as we've got this oversupply situation, we're not going to see um, sustainable increase in commodity prices. So we really do need to see a structural change in terms of um, production, in terms of commodities and, and what is out there. And I think this volatility that we're experiencing at the moment around um, prices pushing and pulling higher and lower, I think is going to remain until we find a better equilibrium between the supply side and the demand side in the commodity equation.